who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Really, really just a lot of variety in energy levels. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Beyond, episode 490. I'm still not supposed to call it a podcast, but some of you are listening at home. I'm Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by Alana Pierce. Hi. Brian Altano. Welcome to breakfast. <laughs> what? I just wanted to say that. All right. <laughs> and Marty Sleva. I like that you're, you're trying out some weird catchphrases. Yeah. yeah. Just really always, as usual, just leaving the, leaving the garage with one wheel still in the garage and fire <laughs> coming out of the back part of the car. I'm not a mechanic, so I don't know what you want. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, Call of Duty World War II got its big official reveal. Marty, you reviewed What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm -hmm. Marvel vs. Capcom got a story trailer. We have our questions and reservations about that story. Doesn't look very believable. And we played some VR games. And uh, yeah, let's talk about we that did, stuff. Wait, we made a reservation to like, eat, eat at the story? You didn't hear a word I just said. Well, you said you? we have reservations for the Marvel vs. Capcom story. Yeah, it's a, they have Table a they have four? a pop up Marvel vs. Capcom cafe in so Japan. Delicious. So yeah, I would absolutely go there. Yeah, probably they probably have that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just watching you two tassel down there. It's wonderful. <laughs> you played. Uh, you didn't play anything. You played. Uh, you talked. <laughs> You checked out Call of Duty World War II. What is it? Uh, yeah, I went down to uh, Sledgehammer and I got to uh, talk to the devs and see a couple levels of uh, Call of Duty World War II, which is obviously this year's Call of Duty game. Working uh, title, right? It's, no, it's just Call of Duty. It's actually not World War II. It's WWII. So, wee. wee. That's what they're calling it? Called Reviving the Wii. Wee. Yeah. Right. Um, sort of uh, silly name aside, uh, the stuff I saw has me really impressed, honestly. Um, they have been saying this whole time that the series is going to go back to its roots. Mm. And I'm like, well, what, what exactly does that mean? But from what I saw, it is a really 
interesting, believable, grounded World War II story, which in video games we haven't really had a whole lot of this generation. Um, and the immediate backlash is like, well, you're just doing this in a response to right. Battlefield 1. That was going to be my first first question. No, I've been this for ages, right? Sl- yeah, Sledgehammer released... Years, right? uh, yeah, they released uh, Advanced Warfare, which was the Kevin Spacey one fall of uh, 2014, and immediately started working on this. So whether it's a Dante's uh, Dante's Peak, Deep Impact kind of thing, or Armageddon... What was the other one? Doesn't matter. Happy it's Feet or, or yeah, Surf Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's almost no way that this is actually a response to what oh, no, no, no. it's done, and it's just it's basically a coincidence. Yeah, it totally isn't. Uh, but yeah, so November 3rd, it's coming out. Another game, you know, sort of uh, staking its claim in the fall. Uh, the thing that I find really interesting is they say, like, they're done. They don't want to tell a superhero story, which is what Call of Duty's become. Like, you are ostensibly mm-hmm. in a mech now. You double jump, right. you wall run, you ground pound, you have jets, you're firing off future lasers. Uh, yeah, you were flying a, a damn X-Wing in the last one, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so uh, you're, you're placed in the shoes of this 19-year-old kid. Uh, you start off, you know, at Normandy, which is something that we've seen in film and in games a ton throughout our lives. Uh, but the thing about this is, like, they were like, we don't want regenerative health. So it's not the halo, hide behind a rock, and all of a sudden you get your shields back. It's if you get shot, you need to find a medic. You need to find your own medic. So you just scour the battlefield. I'm like, where's my medic? Uh, if you run out of ammo, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to start picking up all these things. It's like, wh- where is someone else in my platoon? That sounds like me a uh, this is some of the most upsetting of the apple cart that Call of Duty's done in a second. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, they're known for being so kind of like measured and iterative with yeah. this release, and they're like... We've added more graphics, but it's kind of a thing you know. But in this case, this is like they're kind of throwing the formula out the window. Yeah, and the things they're saying even about the story is like they're like, we don't want to shy away from the mores of the time of uh, anti-Semitism, of racism, of sexism. They're like, you're going to have like your best friend is Jewish American. He's going to have to deal with like what he sees in this war. You come across a black platoon and it's there's animosity between, you know, certain members, like certain people in your platoon who are like, I don't like this guy because of the color of his skin. Uh, they showed the cast of characters and includes people of color and women and kids and old people. Like, Damn. it's. You play as a kid? I don't think you can play as a kid. So you play 95% of the game as Red Daniels, who's this 19 year old kid. And when they said 95, they were like, you would never do anything that this kid wouldn't be able to do. Right. And so I have a feeling if there's like, you're flying a plane level, that you're going to play as a different character. Or like, if you're, you know, manning a tank or something, you'll play as a different character. So I'm wondering if the whole medic. Thing means that we will have more distinct classes in multiplayer. Mm. I think that is definitely what it means. Did they touch on this? Yeah, touch on that a little yeah. bit. So obviously the reveal we saw was was ninety five percent single player focused. Uh, but yeah, they they announced divisions in multiplayer, which is sort of it sounds like it's going to be a class based thing where you are leveling up and sort of like going through the hierarchy of what the actual you know armed services is like. Uh, they announced a thing called headquarters, which sound to me almost like the Destiny social spaces, huh. which seem pretty cool. A, a co op story mode that has a completely new narrative. It's something completely different than That's cool. the main story mode, and then sort of a narrative driven multiplayer mode where uh, the example they gave was that half of the people are, it's the it's D-Day, and half the people are the uh, allies storming up the beach, and half the people are the Axis, you know, repelling them. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's sort of asymmetrical in that way, which I found super interesting. Mm-hmm. Does it sound like it's going to sort of, the, the, the course of battle will sort of shift the way the the match plays out it's not just point based or like yeah i mean that's again everything at this point is speculation with multiplayer you know they said e3 is gonna be the big reveal uh so everything i saw with single player looked really great the d-day level looked really interesting obviously you know medal of honor did d-day and Mm -hmm. early call of duty games but uh they said they were you know as everyone if you're if you're handling that is inspired by saving private ryan but they said whereas that film felt very voyeuristic like it did feel like shaky cam watching it they wanted you to like 
they wanted to put you in the shoes of a kid who's that scared. And one of the interesting things I saw is that as you're sort of going from hedgehog to hedgehog, which are those like big sort of iron things on the beach, uh, when he hit the dive button, it wasn't like a power slide. It wasn't like, you know, snapping to cover like Gears of War. It was a kid diving into the sand, like holding his head down, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting, like as a gameplay mechanic. Um, Call of Duty has often done a good job of like, I'm not the biggest fan of that franchise, but they have done a good job of making war ugly. Um, I think that yeah. they like even since no Russian, obviously, have yeah, not tried totally. to make things pretty. Yeah. And that's something that I know really appeals to me in a way that it, it feels like it's historically accurate. And I'm actually going to learn something or gain a, mm-hmm. gain a perspective. Yeah, that's I think that's very important. That's a really good point, too. But I think at, on the flip side, um, they haven't really handled the sort of like fragility and nuance of it as yeah. well. Like the whole press X to pay respects thing is yeah. part of that is the video game medium becomes sure. difficult to do that. But the other part of that is like, I don't know, like there is that sort of like big bro mentality that comes with a lot of Call of Duty stuff and I think that heavy handedness fits into a lot of their game design historically I'd like to see if that can change this time around yeah. um, that said you know it there was a time like you said where we got those saving Private Ryan games every other year and it's been a long time it's been this was so, last one that was World War 2 in the series was 2008 right yeah it was World at War in 2008 yeah, so almost crazy. a decade like an yeah, entire generation a long way also I was just thinking about this and I'm I've never been really interested in World War II stuff. Like, just as a as a time period, it doesn't doesn't fascinate me. Uh, that said, I'm not like I'm not turned off by it or anything. Sure. Uh, but I, I felt the same way about about Battlefield One and, and World War One. Like, I did I didn't really care about the technology or like the the gear at the time. So this is like I'm you know I'm usually more drawn to like railguns and exo frames and crap like that. But I'm like weirdly excited to see what they do with this. I think also just because it's not going to look samey. Yeah, like, it's not going to look anything like recent Call of Duty games. Just it. It's impossible. Yeah, I think yeah. the pe- the pendulum's always swinging. I think people got fatigued on World War II and sort of historical shooters, and mm-hmm. then we moved to future tech and sort of robo stuff, and then I think the pendulum's coming back to this. Yeah, um, also, the, the, I mean, maybe it'll do something for the kind of like the, the macho like bro shooter attitude, the fact that this is so stripped down and so much about like you're a 19-year-old kid, you got to find a medic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, My concern is more like I think they can get the core game down. I think the multiplayer is where it's going to get a, a, little, a little crazier. But, like, how do you approach zombies? Like, you probably shouldn't. Uh, right? I mean, it's interesting because Sledgehammer is, you know, founded by uh, the, the heads of Visceral who created Dead Space. Right. And so there's a lot of folks who worked on Dead Space there. But you don't want to be like, my grandpa. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, I think you can, I think Call of Duty is always three disparate towers. It is single player, it is multiplayer, and it's zombies. And like, I don't, we're going to get a Call of Duty movie. I don't think we're going to get a movie where the first half is a one person survival story. The second half is 90 characters sure. shooting each other. Yeah. And then the third half, zombies. yes, three halves, yeah. uh, is going to be zombies. Although, <laughs> that would kind of be, three halves. I would watch that movie. <laughs> Fix it in post. I mean, all his movies, aren't all Zack Snyder movies composed of three halves? Yes. Pretty much. He gives 150%. I don't want to be doing this show in six months and we're like, oh, they added the uh, like Jeff Goldblum DLC to World War II. I absolutely like, want that, actually. Yeah, I kind of want that. Honestly, I, I, I want to see, like, what is the what do the gun skins look like for this? Are you going to have, like, Hello Kitty, like, I really don't <laughs> Garands, like? I mean, the thing is, I think a lot of the people who buy Call of Duty games and play them every year probably don't actually touch the single-player campaign. Uh, and I think like there's this weird cycle of you can see like a feedback loop of people saying Call of Duty sucks and then the next one gets announced and they're like it still sucks and then they buy it and then they love it and then yeah. they hate the next one again and it just keeps happening. It's like people buy them because they want to stay up to date with the latest game yeah. and they don't want to lose the huge community of people who are playing multiplayer. So I think they'll stick to that. And well, there was that thing and there was that like that Steam much. group a couple of years ago of all these people uh, like 
protesting the new Call of Duty, but boycotting like Modern Warfare Two. They're or all playing it. Yeah, well, so and it's also out. like yeah. you know the the Infinite Warfare trailer had historical downvotes on YouTube. Also, this month in MPD, Infinite Warfare is still in the top ten. It's so. yeah. still the highest selling game of last year, wasn't it? I imagine, or, or GTA Minecraft. GTA Minecraft always yeah. so well. Really yeah. I love to play that on my Android phone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now you talked about the the D Day part. There's something here that really interests me is uh, Hertgen Forest, which is German Belgian border, and it's lush greens, a surreal mist, and running rivers. It was gorgeous. It was so one of the things that sucks is I got to see two like two clips of single player missions that they didn't show in the reveal. So I sort of just have to. I had to use my fancy words to paint that picture. Uh, but it was just gorgeous natural environment that in the opening was untouched by the horrors of World War II until you start getting bombarded by German artillery and it pretty much became a horror game with these giant trees splintering and falling around you and sounds amazing. The, the, I talked to the sound designer about how they went up to Muir Woods they found like Killed four or five hundred well, no, large trees they found trees that were already Falling down. Well, they said they were already... It's a lot George Lucas. They said they already fell down. Yeah, it was probably the trees that that speeder bike jumped into or like uh, the Ewoks made love on. Uh, was <laughs> so that what yeah. When two Ewoks have sex on a tree, it breaks. <laughs> we get the lumberjack Warwick. <laughs> um, but they just have video of them like, you know, they, they have their microphones and they're just like tearing these things apart and it sounds like bone shattering. Like it was, it was tough to listen so to. So they did go to Mirror Woods and mess up some trees. Yeah, but the trees were already messed up. They were, it was like it's that like, when we got there. It's like finding a dead body by the river and poking it. It's I mean, these are the same guys who, I don't, I don't know if it's the same studio, I, I forget which one it was. Unless they, were, they got it to that. They, they needed to get the sound of a, of a car falling off a building and they were like, what's the cheapest way to do that? And they're like, let's buy an old car and drop it off a building. And it's like, well, that's... Mm. A really practical way to get a sound effect. Yeah. You know, people used to like step on tin cans and celery with like. I feel like that's probably not that expensive. Yeah, it's probably Depends not. on the bad. car or the building. Yeah. Um, I think that. <laughs> I don't think it's more expensive in different buildings. It definitely is. Some buildings are higher. It's a lot more money to get a car. You get a really, if you get a really expensive it's car at a really cheap building, you might just break <laughs> the building and then you get a sound of a building collapse. Oh, they actually, the, uh, the way they got the sound of the tanks, like the interior of the tank and like the clanking of the metal, was that they went to this like abandoned silo on Treasure Island and it was just filled with like garbage and graffiti and they would take the garbage like up several levels and just throw it down the silo onto other garbage. Really? Like, and that I was like, did you guys get tetanus? They're like, oh yeah, we all got tetanus shots. <laughs> That's what happened to the Mythbusters set. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think this is really cool because if you look at the last few Call of Duty games, they're um like exceedingly busy. Like they're every yeah. environment's just like there's a washing machine and a sink mm, and seventy that. walls and uh, graffiti in a language that we shouldn't have put in there. And then there's just like toilets and like pipes and this, they're just busy. There's garbage yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I mean, they've all been they've all been used future. They've all been yeah. like you know, distant future, cyberpunk, space, whatever. And it's all very man made, which is kind of more conducive to. If you're making it out of computer graphics, then it's like, yeah, of course, futuristic stuff is easier to make. Making realistic nature stuff is like kind of an exercise in landscape painting. And mm -hmm. isn't Glenn Schofield like really big into that? Kind yeah. of stuff? It's, a it's, it's yeah. yeah, we follow each other on Twitter and it's very odd because every now and then he'll tweet out. He's like, here's this river I painted. And yeah. I'm like, that's quite beautiful. So you work for one of the most like violent on paper <laughs> companies in the world. It's awesome. So like one of my favorite things about about Battlefield is the fact that it's it is a gorgeous game. And then you're running around stabbing people with shovels. It's like it's this weird kind of dichotomy of like really beautiful natural stuff and then like the horrors of man. Yeah. And the fact that they're taking a break from the used future and, and robot skeletons to be like, hey, here's untouched past. Here's a bunch yep. of German guys having a smoke break yep. and then trees start exploding. Yeah, and they, awesome. they said that this isn't they didn't want to do a I think their term was greatest hits of World War Two. So there's nothing in the Pacific, nothing in Africa, nothing in Italy. I mean it makes sense. No, I know. Hits. It's yeah, this is this is like 
This I don't know if they had minefields then. This is a minefield. It absolutely had minefields then. Yeah. Well, I don't know. agree to disagree. <laughs> well, I think I'm on the right side of history on that one. <laughs> uh, I guess we'll have to check the history books on this one. Okay. Right? Also, can we talk about whoever the guy is in all of the uh, like po- post-apocalyptic circumstances who just spray paints help on a wall? Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy what sucks. He, what does yeah. he want? He wants help, obviously. I, I finished <laughs> Alien Isolation over the weekend. That game really does drag on. And there's yeah. so many things of graffiti that's just like, help, or like, get out. Like, who, yeah. who, who did this? Yeah. Go home. I mean, it was weird in Get Out when they went like, to the house and there was just Get Out was written in graffiti. Yeah, yeah it was sort of on the nose. I like it because it's, it's like the equivalent of just being the guy who posts like, who made this? When you share something on Twitter, it's like you didn't really like try to find it. You're just no. kind of like frantically shouting into it. Yeah, it's post-apocalyptic first. Yeah. First. <laughs> so it was like, don't Am trust the, them. Am I the only one? Am I the only one who's looking for survivors? <laughs> Probably other survivors are too. Yeah. Uh, now moving on, other stuff I want to talk about. Completely shifting gears here. Yeah, that was, these were two very different games yeah. experience in a week. Both yeah. in the first person perspective. That is very true. Yeah, so you reviewed What Remains of Edith Finch, which yes. is the kind of... Uh, walking narrative experience from the guys who did Unfinished Swan. Yeah, their first game since then, which is uh, four and a half years. Yeah. It came out, obviously, one of the big games of PS3. One of four Annapurna games? Yeah, so Annapurna, the the film production company, is getting into games, uh, and it's this, and Donut County, and Gora Gora, and then that amazing game that we saw that we will never... The Artful Escape of Something Vendetti. Yes. That, that game, game is, was incredible. Yeah, I, I want to get a hold of that demo and show you guys because, like, the demo doesn't exist, but it was probably the most impressive, one of the most impressive demos I've I ever. I think that is the most impressive demo I've ever played. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah, I, as soon as I put that game down, I just looked at the dev and was like, holy crap. Yeah. What the hell have you made? Yeah. I said a bigger curse word when I played it. Yeah, okay, well, we'll get that game in uh, in five or six years. But in the meantime, yeah. what remains of Edith Finch after your scathing review? Yeah. Well, I, I, my, review's even, my review's not even up yet because I can't find Dan. <laughs> I don't know where Dan is. I lost Dan. Uh, But yeah, the game, uh, it's the Finch family is this like multi-generational family who lives in this house that is in the middle of the woods that is continually built upon. Mm -hmm. So there's like annexes from multiple generations. So it's like this family that immigrated from Europe and they tried to bring a house over on a boat and the boat sank on the shore. And so they rebuilt that house. But if you look out in like the water, you can see the the house is still sort of, the original house is still sort of poking out. Yeah, there are sections of it that jut off into a very like Swiss family Robinson. Totally. It's all about secret passages like Webster. Um, But then, uh, so the whole thing is this family has been, this family's cursed. They all die terrible deaths, untimely deaths. And you are the last living member and you're wandering through the house and sort of, the house is just left at an instant's notice. And so there's still dishes in the kitchen, you know, the TV's still on. Um, And so you go into every room and you experience the, the final moments of a family member's life through these very strange, bizarre, magical realism, short stories and kind of metaphorical. Oh, totally. These are all allegories, but it's um, It's very pretty. It's gorgeous. And we've seen this game a couple times and we played two chunks and you're like, okay, I, I understand what these stories are. Uh, those two do not represent anything what the other ones are like. Um, I mentioned, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I got to one and they licensed John Carpenter's Halloween theme for one. Oh. And I'm like, okay. And it totally fits in the story. Huh, right. Uh, they change genres. They change perspective. They change art oh, wow. aesthetics. Like, they change whether or not you're controlling a human. Yes, totally. Right. There's somewhere you're controlling just, animals. There's okay. some- I think it's important to note that uh, a lot of people have been looking at this game and they're like, it's a gone home style walking sim- simulator. Um, first of all, no. No. Second of all, um, this game was in development for before gone home was even a thing, thing. Yeah. which is kind of crazy to think back that far yeah. 
four and a half years ago, that was a pre-Gone Home video game yeah. industry. Um, but one of the sections we played through, Ian Dallas, who's the lead creator mm-hmm. on the game, was here yesterday. He's going to be on Up at Noon tomorrow. Uh, and he showed me a section where you're playing as this little kid who eats these like poison berries, opens up her window and thinks she's a bird and just kind of flies out chasing a cat up a tree. And I'm like, well, you don't do anything like that and gone home. Yeah. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And the animal continues. She's telling the story about how she's continually evolving into these different animals. Mm -hmm. And this is all you're like, this is the story she's thinking in her head as she's dying. Yeah. Okay. And you don't really know why she's dying. I think it was because she like drank cleaning supply. Okay. And I think these are her oh, final. Oh, hold thoughts. on, I don't want to get into spoiler territory. No, I mean this is also yeah. this demo's been out. Okay. There. Like, well, a, but also everything is open to interpretation. Like, so, yeah, which yeah, is so really cool. This yeah. is what is, what's interesting about this to me is that Gone Home is entirely realistic. You know, it's a, I mean it's you know it's still a video game, but like the fact that you're there's no supernatural stuff at play here, and it's a fairly normal house that you're exploring, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about kind of you know unraveling this whole story by by interacting with stuff. Uh, you talked a little bit about how. The interactivity isn't so much there, but everything you're telling me sounds way more kind of exciting because it isn't it isn't realistic. It so, isn't grounded. Yeah. I mean, the interactivity isn't there in terms of like there's really no puzzles. There's only one path through the house. Like even Gone Home had like a lock or something that you needed yeah, to like yeah. the combination you for. Double back and yeah, some, yeah. Some mild pushback against Yeah. The Whereas yeah. this this is really smart level design to where you feel like you have agency even though you're being led down a path, which is, I think that's ultimately right. really good level design. And I think the flow of the house as the, just in terms of the way it's constructed feels really believable. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like video game spaces that I've experienced, yeah. it feel like a place that like, like it's, this lived, the, in. That yeah. it's lived in. Yeah. And it feels like in a couple of years, if I think about this game, my brain for half a second will be like, were you there to yeah. go to that house? Exactly. Yeah. And I, one of you guys were comparing it to the, uh, Nathan's house in Uncharted. Yeah, house. I was talking about that. I think that in in hindsight, that might be my favorite part of that game is the mm-hmm. attention to detail when you're just going through his house and yeah. being like, oh, they left all the crap out in the bathroom. I'm sort of relieved that my bathroom is messy too because that means I'm like Nathan Drake. Yeah, basically yeah. Nathan yeah. Drake, yeah. a treasure hunter. Yeah. Uh, but you're no, like good half tuck. I mean. It, um, but no, like the uh, the the reality or the, the re- kind of realistic nature of the house. Like, I'm really excited to see this if it's kind of like an interactive, like still life. Yeah, and yeah, just it, it, and it is right. Yeah. Like, and it's, that's one of the things I talked about with Ian was like, I I brought up '90s sitcom set design because I'm terrible at doing interviews and I'm weird. <laughs> but um, there's nothing really believable about like the kids' bedroom in Full House, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like a bunch of like 40 year olds got together, they plastered some like they did that sponge texture thing on the wall they plastered some sideways like baseball posters or something there's a pendant that says sports on it and you're like that's not real like no kid like kids are messy and weird you know and like they they ping pin things at the wall and they leave toys in weird places and um nothing really they, a kid doesn't just leave his dinosaur toys together it's like a transformer and a gi joe and a jurassic world dinosaur Oof. all hanging out at the same time this game feels like they built a believable space that like when you're like this kid's weird and artsy he would draw on this wall he would draw on this corner when you open up a sketchbook or a notebook you're like that's the way that notebook would look yeah so it's also i feel like from what i played um the actual spaces that each of the kids lived in Mm -hmm. feels like a character of its own and that even if you don't see the kid in it you can picture them it's like okay this this kid really likes space and everything in his area is so distinct from the other one even though they're in the same room it's like they each feel like they have their own personality and i kind of like how disjointed the entire house is yeah and i really like i can't emphasize enough like how 
important it is to go in because we've been talking about the, like everything we've mentioned so far is stuff that they've been previewing for yeah i played some years. of this stuff i played some of the stuff two years ago at judges week um the stuff after that that i didn't know was coming is so surprising and so just i got so out of left field and i love it like i absolutely loved it and i can't wait for people here to talk about it like especially people who've played unfinished swan um right. which is such i mean if i love you haven't game, yeah, yeah i mean it's on ps4 now so um yeah i don't know this is uh i think a, a really special game that how um, long is it very short uh under two hours okay Excellent. yeah uh how how about replayability like what's uh, i played it twice in a row okay literally in a row uh, i finished no. it and then i went back and i was like oh all right, now that I understand the family tree, I want to go back. And so when they're referencing this family member and this person's story, I'm like, oh, you were his brother. Yeah. Right. It's also really fascinating to watch from the perspective of like the outside looking and seeing a small game studio develop. Because if you look at just the Unfinished One on sheerly like a technical level or even just the amount of colors in the game, <laughs> if you want to get even more reductive, this is like a full-fledged, gorgeous yeah. 3D game yeah. that I think like stands up next to some of the better looking games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then the Unfinished Swan was basically just like this, you know. It's a picture book. Yeah, this this art, this art paintball simulator pi- picture book where you slowly filled in colors. And that, like, uh, Unfinished Swan was one of those things that in an animated GIF, you Kinda, can yeah. understand the mechanics of that game yes. where you're like, why is everything white? And then all of a sudden your character throws a black ball of paint, it splatters, and you you know, adds texture to the level, and you're like, "Oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm painting nothing into something." Yeah. So this game's out now. It's on PS4 and PC. Yeah, I think it's twenty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Super highly recommended. You said on the title screen there was like a was there like a creator mode or something or what is? I don't know. If so it, when had... you download the game, it says, "Do you want to? What do you want to play first? Play create or, or create?" Play. Yeah. Mm. I don't think that's a thing yeah i think that was just like a weird i think it was a weird pre-release thing that we had um unless there's like a you know build a kid murder simulator coming to that game if there if there is if that's hidden in the game i should probably rewrite my review because i did not touch on that topic weird real weird uh but yeah really cool especially given the like i'm still i'm 50 hours in persona now everyone's played zelda and horizon and and neo these giant games but like our game sounds awesome right now totally one sitting yeah um, anyway, yeah, definitely check out Up at Noon this week for more. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, we got our first kind of proper story trailer and a release date for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite today. Uh, it's coming out September 19th, and uh, we have a villain. You guys want to wager a guess who the villain is, even though it's written down on these papers in front no, of you? No, it's not Magneto. It's not Magneto. I know, it's definitely not Wolverine. <laughs> not Wolverine, because Wolverine's a good, he's a good man. No, he's not. It's Very good, not he's this a good game. boy. Yeah. Uh, no, so it's Ultron. From, you know, Avengers and uh, Sigma, the bad guy from Mega Man X, and they fuse together to become Ultron Sigma. That's That rules. Really I'm that. sorry. That, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so, just dumb enough. It's great. Yeah. So that's what I'm really worried about with this game is it doesn't seem dumb enough. Like we're seeing them kind of strip out a lot of the, I guess, kind of at least with the kind of early pre-release stuff, the kind of goofier elements of Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, they've got kind of mostly like proper humanoid characters in here. Uh, I think the most sort of over-the-top person you see is, uh, what is it, is Mega Man. Right. He shows yeah. up and everybody else is kind of just like a normal, like a person who you could kind of see existing in the Marvel Universe, which is sort of weird because then you've got like a, a Super Nintendo boss who shows up and fuses with a robot. Uh, and, you know, you compare this to something like Injustice and like I'm typically primarily a Marvel guy, mm-hmm. but Injustice has like like the Flash doing a fatality where he takes you back in time and makes a dinosaur eat you. And then you've got this and it seems like they're almost like getting more grounded in the Marvel Universe. Right. And then they're, they also don't have they don't have X-Men. They've I mean, got- I'm sure that we're going to see um, character announcements probably out of Evo. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be a ton that we haven't even seen yet. But they also, like, with three at least waited kind of until the end to announce the weirdest stuff. Whereas I think right now they're trying to focus on recognizable characters. Okay. Especially, I, I mean, like Sigma from I mean, Mega Man. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. Uh, yeah, but yeah, this trailer, every uh, Marvel character is someone who's currently in the MCU. Yeah. You know, they're from Miss Marvel to Hulk to Captain America. just want to again, man. Like, well, that's it. Like, look, let's, <laughs> be, <laughs> let's be completely honest here. Like, Capcom kind of botched the launch of Street Fighter V. Mm-hmm. That was a kind of a huge miss for them. Yeah. It impacted their sales. It impacted the longevity of that game, which I think has still sort of developed a long tail community. Um, Max and I played it for a while here yeah. at IGN. It was a really good game. It's really fun. It just was light on modes and light on content. And it grew to be something that I think now you can look at kind of like Battlefront yeah. where you're like, if you would wait a year, it's there. But with that community, like to come into a game like that a year later, um, it's tough because you're getting your ass kicked. So I have a feeling they're going to do what they can to get this one right. Mm-hmm. But I think the fears about it tonally and yeah. the roster are definitely like justifiable fears right now. Yeah. Also, I, just, I mean, it's a story trailer for a fighting game. Yeah. I mean, the story for Street Fighter five was like, came out like three months after launch or whatever. as right. DLC. Yeah. Uh, it's really weird that like, if they try to play this story seriously, it's going to come off so dumb because the whole thing about the games all have dumb stuff. Yeah, but it's going to become so dumb because this trailer is whatever the, the Ultron has sex with Sigma and they make a child or whatever. And you and the child's the bad works, guy. Yeah, that's in the, the trailer. child's the bad guy. And he takes down Thor and he takes down Hulk and he takes down uh, uh, Captain America. And then all of a sudden you hear pink and it's uh, human man Chris Redfield with a little Beretta. Pink, pink. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? Why is this? Why is any of this I'm happening? Like, I feel like everyone making a game like this just needs to go play a little more Smash Brothers because there's a thing in Smash Brothers like in especially the GameCube one where like Snake shows up and like he's got a rocket launcher but how does he work with like Sonic who's a, like a blue rat with feet <laughs> I mean rats regular rats have feet fast too. legs I mean we're gonna have a nice rat with feet who's named Rocket Raccoon that's yeah, true he's a real yard rat but uh no I mean I think it's I think it's good that they're gonna have and it's gonna it's gonna be silly they're gonna you have like, a yard little, rat yeah a little yard rat little uh little uh dumpster bandit um but no like they're gonna have they're gonna have like funny stuff you're gonna have Chris Redfield and probably you know Nemesis and people like that showing up and yep. I kind of hope they get some of like the the awful like redneck family from I would love if one seven. character is just the entire Baker family. Yeah, just Ma Baker. And he just starts cutting off people's arms. That would chainsaw. be really cool. Oh, they're going to be hard to hit that T rating with that. But uh, Oh, man. What if it's Grandma Baker? She's just there in the wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> that, dude, they should just have her show up show random up. matches. Yeah. I mean, because they wet basement boys. Yeah, because they always have that thing where you can. <laughs> the wet basement boys. That's like the worst bluegrass band. Uh, they always have that thing where you can like, call in. There's whatever, 60 playable characters, and you can call in another 100 weirdos that they're like, well, you're not good yeah. enough to be in the game. But like, yeah, I hope Ma Baker comes rolling in. Is Beautiful Joe in this game? Uh, they haven't announced it yet. He was in the last Hopefully. one. Better be in this game. Yeah. <laughs> All of this discussion is weird to me. Like, I love Marvel vs. Capcom. It's always been my favorite fighting game alongside Soul Calibur. And I'm not like, really hope they have this. I'm like, I think this game's going to be great no matter yeah. what. Like, I'm so stoked no, they're I making another one. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, also, we just got the- like, negative about it because it's going to be fun and silly. I'm just worried that it's less silly than the last one. And I need silliness when the well, when the men fight. We just got we just got the Disney Afternoon collection from Capcom. Imagine if Scrooge McDuck was in this game. <gasps> you were just pogo bouncing on fools. I, I mean, so that's good. that would be one upside to uh, you know Disney owning Marvel and yeah. being like, let's keep it to the MCU and stuff. It's like, okay, well, let me get Gizmo Duck. In <laughs> I want to be. I don't <laughs> know when that will get announced. Real. I hope it's E three, but I want to be front row at the press conference when they're like, "Sorry guys, there's no Wolverine in this game." But everyone's like, "What the fuck?" 
mean, they made uh, Star Wars characters work in Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. worked quite yeah, well. Like, yeah. you could in theory do that. That was yeah. so weird. It was super weird, but yeah. it was great. What I love is that with this with this kind of game, and you see this with uh, I think with Injustice Two and, and Smash Bros. is, is when you it, it, there's that kind of like pedantic mentality to be like that's not canon. It doesn't make sense. He would immediately kill that hedgehog with the rocket launcher. It doesn't. The second you just steamroll past that, yeah. you're just like free to have fun, and it's Toy Story. Yeah, and you're like these things shouldn't be together, but they are, and screw it, we're having a nice time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone laugh together. Yeah. Laugh with me. Please clap. <laughs> yeah. I so think what sucks uh, is people coming from the old games who were really attached to a lot of those now Fox-owned sure. yeah. properties, I Sony-owned mean, properties. I being think said, it's going to be good. That being said, yeah. I don't think... I mean, I think they've said, like, Wolverine will be in this game. Zucker Barrage. Yeah. You say Zuckerberg Garage? <laughs> Zucker Barrage. So the thing that I'm okay with is I've played a lot of NBC, and people online end up using the same characters over and over and over right. again. So the idea of taking the Fox characters out, totally fine with it. Because yeah. it means that everyone has to like adjust. You, you think it's about Fox characters? <laughs> like actual Fox? <laughs> like, like Ink the Cat? Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. Uh, Bobby's World? <laughs> I don't think you know oh, you, Fox Wait, is. you were thinking of Fox like daytime I like cartoons. the idea that like, if, if Fox doesn't have any of the X-Men in this, they just come back and they're like, yeah, well, fine, we're making our own fighting game and it's got Fox Kids Afternoon and it's got... <laughs> Fox Mulder? It's got Dennis Hopper from Speed. Basically just Dobby from his. Bobby's World. <laughs> well, the guy had a weird head. He was football head before he Arnold. Yes. Don't you know. Yeah. Well, oh boy. Uh, no, I mean this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a good game. <laughs> On the just the fact that, that I mean they don't they don't really they don't ship crappy fighting games like yeah. Capcom doesn't do that. And, I mean, yeah, uh, I love NBC so much. Uh, I think so it's gonna be great. Also worth noting that this isn't numbered. This isn't four. Uh, this is infinite. If you remember how they released the last one. Uh, Somebody, somebody, look this up. Somebody, look up how many different iterations there were because it kept going. It well, got to no, be there was just three in Ultimate. Wasn't no, didn't no, 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 no. I mean, there were three. There was three Ultimate, and then they re-released Ultimate. I thought they kept adding more and more like little tidbits. I don't think so. Really? Well, Capcom I mean, counts I was like a, about it. Capcom counts like a child does. They're yeah. like one, two. Three super three, yeah, but then three like, ultra, yeah. three <laughs> champions. Well, I mean, so like, I, mean yeah. I really don't like that Capcom does that. Like, I love Dragon's Dogma, Dark Arisen, and I played Dragon's Dogma, and uh, Dark Arisen is better if you play the first one. But it's like you wait a year and you get a much better game. Yeah, and like I kind of feel the same way about Ultimate. Well, it, in yeah. this case, my point being that it's called Infinite, not Four, and the fact that it's called Infinite is leaning into the fact that this is we are in like a. a a DLC age where yeah. you're, they're not going to ship a second. I mean, they probably will do like a game of the year edition that has everybody on. Yeah. Disc. I mean, we're also leading to the fact that a year and a half from now, the biggest movie on earth is going to have infinity war in the title. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. that too. Yeah. 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 Cause they show that they show Thanos is like weird hand yep. with, with bejoozles. People are going to be so confused so like, when they're like, so if Ultron's dead, Where's Sigma, and how are they going to have that child with those fancy rocks? Yeah, yeah. I really hope they get into the like the bizarro, sexy fireman stuff they're doing with like Street Fighter Five right now. Like they just announced new character skins to that game, and they're like cheerleaders and firemen, and it's like Ken comes out and he's like, "Where's the fire, ladies?" Like, <laughs> hope they do that with Ultron. He's just like buff and just yeah, you know, like a purple spandex. Yeah, I, I Everyone's hope it's like, "What's wrong with this?" I hope man? Scarlet Witch comes out and is like, "Why are you having sex with Sigma? What happened? We were a couple." It's like, "Well, you're dating the Vision. You're not one to talk if you." Don't want oh wait, Vision and Ultron really. are different people. That's right, yeah, totally different. Quite different. I mean, well, no, well, I mean, they're both voice, but no, they're not. They're kind of voice, but no. shocking. Marty doesn't know a thing about Vision. Oh, <laughs> I got new glasses. 
glasses. Anyway. Glasses. Of glasses and being able to see and lenses you put on your face. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was an okay segue. I'm okay with that one. Uh, it's now time for our wonderful segment, What VR are Playing, the number one Dracula virtual reality segment. Uh, I finally uh, dusted off my uh, my PlayStation VR this weekend and uh, checked out a bunch of stuff that I've been that's been sitting on my shelf. And can I've we, been... Can we talk real quick about why that took you so long? Because you were mentioning to me that you kind of like, you got it for Christmas, you kind of like haphazardly set it up yeah. and then realized that like that's cumbersome and then to actually get it out and yeah. then you realize your, your style of play was kind of like you want to grab a controller and hit the button and start going and i feel like you played a ton in the first like couple of weeks yeah because right? i was on christmas vacation true that like that's why you're gonna say crystal meth i didn't know it was in a real k-hole all right <laughs> um but no like uh they uh it, i mean i got it out of the box and it was like my mom was like roasting a turkey in the, in the kitchen and i'm like christmas i didn't Wars come Battle with that Fun. yeah that was <laughs> You gotta download it. It's 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 free at launch. Uh, you hit roasting. play. You didn't hit yeah. create. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I mean, the first thing I did was like, uh, okay, I'm not even done on opening the rest of my presents. I want to I want to fly an X wing right now. I need to do that. Excuse me. And I just was yeah. like, I put everybody to the side. And the reality is like, this moment yeah, I was like, go, get out of here, you old you old <laughs> you old bitty. <laughs> I, I totally thought you were just gonna call your mom a bitch. Uh, <laughs> I thought he would say bird, but then I was like, no, it's a turkey. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So I like I. I don't know. I set this whole thing up and it was kind of like I just put the camera up there and I have like wires running every which way. And it's like the reality is if you have it set up like that, you can kind of you can you can make use of it. But you also might need to like move your coffee table or clear out some space. And most of the time when I'm in my living room, uh, my fiance is also there and she's either playing on her switch or watching a movie or something. And the the way I was playing most most of VR, I played through I played through the bulk of Final Fantasy 15 wearing the hat on my face. So weird. Yeah. Was Uh, it one of those like beer hats where you had the straws going in your mouth? It was the PlayStation VR headset. Oh, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Available in stores sometimes. Follow the bouncing ball, Marty. Uh, But no, like, and what was annoying about that is it's, you know, it's like a little 720 screen floating in front of your head. And if you're playing in like a weird dark room and the lighting's screwed up and you're off center, the camera starts to drift and you have to like repeatedly reset it. And then that's not even factoring in the bad camera controls in that game. Kind of a weird experience. And I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it turned me off VR, but I was also just like kind of taking a break from it. Uh, And then the big thing that I skipped because I like having uh, a limited amount of urine in my pants was was Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Uh, and then I've kind of been, I keep I keep to go back to Did it. Did you have no urines in your pants? Yeah, I mean, you get a little bit in there now and then. You can't help tickles? it. Yeah. yeah. When people startle me around the office. Or something? I, <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I got a real strong urethra, so my stuff's still sticking in. It goes I hear where I want to go. Can we use this as a breakout for this episode? Anyway, uh, I got to check out Eagle Flight. Urethra are playing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I finally played Eagle Flight after that long walk to get here. Scroll! Uh, Eagle Flight is awesome. <laughs> Holy crap, I'm so... I hate that game. Really? Uh, yeah. You didn't play the single player stuff. I hate it so much. Why? The sound design. We don't like the bird noise? Scroll! It just does that over and over and over again. Only in the I battle played mode. I for like 10 minutes and was like, I can't. That's, only, that's not in the I, single player campaign. Yeah. I like when you when you die. I, the, one of the first things I did was just intentionally just fly directly into a deer's asshole and then explode into feathers. <laughs> it's a great noise. Yeah. <laughs> single player is really good. Single player is really good. No, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, I haven't even touched multiplayer. I just I just screwed around. I was like, this is exactly as cool as Brian made it sound. It's one of the uh, launch titles, correct? It was launch window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, what I like about yeah. that game is it's 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 got the polish of a Ubisoft game, but it feels like a cool indie game because I think mm-hmm. it's both. Yeah. Um, and it leans into the fact that like 
PSVR stuff inherently doesn't look as good as like playing something in 4K on a Pro. So it's got a decidedly kind of charming and unique art direction. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. striving for realism. It's cartoony. And it's also about the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. It's weirdly like beautiful, but also kind of dark in like yep. a very quiet way. Uh, anyway, that's really cool. Uh, highly recommended. I also played Star Blood Arena, which we talked about. That is such a like such a sad game in that. It's being sent out to die. Like yeah. we talked about this. It is a it is a multiplayer shooter. It's got a lot of kind of like uh it's like somewhere between I don't know, like Eve Valkyrie and Riggs and Borderlands, Borderlands I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's got kind of almost like an Overwatch level that of cartoon. Cool yeah. it, no, it's incredible. It. it is incredibly cool. Uh it's also just it's not super like it made me a little bit queasy, and I have like a pretty good stomach for VR because mm-hmm. uh, you're just you control like in every every direction basically, and it's a multiplayer shooter. So you got to find people to play with, or you're playing with bots, and it's yep. just kind of like you're flying around in like these weird like space hallways and, yeah. and shooting stuff. And how it's, did you fare with rigs in terms of motion sickness? Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, it wasn't. So what sucks about rigs, um, besides the fact that the studio went under, mm-hmm. is that. The comfort options in that game are not really in the demo. So people playing the demo oh, looking for an experience that's indicative of the main oh. campaign are not really getting that. And I I had the full version of the game, and I was like, wow, this is way, 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 way less pukey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was one part that had a, just a lift or like an elevator, yeah. and I was like, oh, boy. Do you yeah. get do you get like Freight of Heights with stuff like that? No, um, I, but I, I get I really bad motion I do in some sickness. VR games. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I, I got that, too. I have a pretty... Uh, yeah, like an ironclad stomach when it comes to VR. Uh, when I was reviewing uh, the Psychonauts VR game, I, I, I brought a, a work PSVR home and I set it up. I didn't really have a place to put the camera, so I just sort of put it on top of my TV. But it was like very thin, uh-huh. and halfway through playing the game, it fell off. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, no. it, it was it was one of the most terrifying and immediately <laughs> nauseating experiences of my life. I think that's yeah. the closest thing we have to just somebody walking up and unplugging you from the matrix. I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Like, it was to the point where I, like, ripped it off and, like, it messed well, up. I've noticed that with my setup at home because, like, if somebody walks in between my TV and the camera or my headset and the camera, everything gets jittery. All those people you got living in your house? Well, yeah. You know, I have a, just a, I have about 20 or 30 refugees living at <laughs> any given moment. Um, someone's got to take care of them. It's a problem, and I'm solving it. Uh, your apartment's no, so small. When Mitch yeah. worked here, he was playing something on Vive, and for some reason it, like, cut out and a connection went off and he nearly fell over because yeah. it was like such yeah. a jarring thing that he was just like oh I have no idea how to react to this which you is your like, character's gonna fall over a bunch in Battlefront I hope so uh, probably I think they <laughs> had a lot of new so. falling, falling <laughs> mechanics um, but you're playing VR Invaders right VR Invaders is the newest one, one. Uh, Invaders? VR Invaders is like if you're comparing it to something like Eagle Flight which is like weird and indie and open world and you're a bird or Starblood Arena which is like a high octane like multiplayer shooter VR Invaders is probably the most stripped down but also immediately accessible experience you could have um, this is the kind of thing. If I was like a weird, if I was like a weird dude with a van who was trying to like scrounge up some money, I'd be like maybe taking the, the PSVR to birthday parties and being like, "Hey, try out the VR shooter." Right. Saying VR invaders, I keep hearing it like you're saying it when I go the German accent. VR invaders. VR invaders. VR invaders. Yeah. So this is what we are playing. Uh, like I said, number one Dracula virtual reality podcast. Um, but no, like uh, it's it's super simple. It's just it's basically space invaders, but you're in a virtual space. Um, you've got you get playstation move and like one hand is a shield which you can use to like deflect blasts and then another one you're just shooting a, a ray gun at like these little robots flying around in kind of like classic sort of space invader formation and it's like wave based it's there's like a survival mode and there's like a level system one and then there's like a you have the option to turn the story mode on and off which should kind of tell you exactly how 
not necessary the story is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's this whole thing that I think they're kind of going for like a portal vibe where they're like, you're in the test chamber, but oh no, the robots got hacked and there's like a lady talking in your ear the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, it's solid. It's solid. It's not, it's just not super interesting, but mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting to see like all three of these games sort of together is like, here are the different directions that PlayStation VR or just VR as a whole is kind of yeah. going. And it feels like none of them are really, are really kind of getting it 100% right. Yeah, I think I think that there's a, an issue with, with PSVR right now. Number one, in um, communication and just getting people's headsets on to play these things, yeah. right? Because you don't know they exist unless you go digging around for them. You have to go to, um, you know, Ryan Clement says that article for, for PlayStation.com, the drop every week where there's new stuff in there. And unless you dig through that and get like three-fourths of the way down and see the little word that says like PSVR, you're probably going to miss this stuff. Like, I mean, you can poke around the store, yeah. but even then it's like, it's hard to see exactly what the new stuff is every single Oof. week. There's no advertising campaign for it. There's nothing like that. But it's also, it is odd. And I think that there's a kind of like a, a pricing range issue where you're like is this a $10 game is this a $20 game is this a $30 game you've seen companies try to do full-fledged $60 games mm-hmm. on PSVR and they're not necessarily like I don't know if people are ready to drop 60 bucks on a PSVR well, game just yeah. yet because it still sort of feels like yeah. getting on a like a a ride in an it amusement park reminds me a whole lot of Vita launch titles when yeah. they were still trying to make that a triple A system when really it thrived on strange little indie experiences. Yeah, I just really hope we get a lot of support at E3. I, I really, hope so. I hope so too. I mean, one of my highlights of the press conference last year would have been the Batman reveal. Like I was mm-hmm. so excited about that, and that game came out really solid. And it's mm-hmm. like it was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope we get more things that are like that, and that they support them being bite sized, but still give them marketing. Yeah, I still need to check out the uh, the Lara Croft one. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for them to put out the Final Fantasy 15 one where you're mm-hmm. Prompto's camera or whatever. Uh, but I like I love the idea of big AAA games having this little kind of like side auxiliary thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it makes films it are doing it as well. You yeah. know, um, there was one that I tried at CES that was just for uh, Power Rangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're using marketing materials as like it's basically a unique way to show you a trailer. And I, I really mean, like yeah. that. they should. Like the, the the Power Rangers thing and the American Horror Story thing that we yeah. did, those should be free downloads because those are ostensibly ads. Absolutely those are. should be free downloads that anyone with any VR headset yep. can just mess cool. around with. There's this weird like flow chart I'm seeing happening with game development now where it's like, are you making a game? Yes. Is it a VR game? Yes. Is it coming to PSVR? No. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we were so close. Well, yeah. Oculus like when- is killing it with exclusives yeah. um, because they just paid for so many of them. And mm-hmm. I feel like PlayStation hasn't done that quite as much. Yeah, I wish they w- I wish they would bridge that gap better. Like come over and sort of be like, how do we entice all of these Vive and Oculus games to come to our platform and just really build that out, you know? Like I don't know what what wave 2 of PSVR looks like. Yeah. I know what wave 1 looked like. I had a really good time with it. I gushed about it on this show about how much fun I had with all those games. Resident Evil was one of the coolest things I've, I've ever tried. I don't I ever want to do that. That might again, be but... probably the best VR game. Like aside from things that are gimmicky like job simulator etc but it is basically what i want is an experience that i can play either way either way exactly and i think that's why you look at like the switch right now we get this question every single week was like will we get a vita 2 why is the switch successful i think the switch is successful because it's a handheld and a console and vita was a handheld that like did some console stuff kind of but the idea of just like this works here but if i don't want to do it like that i can do it over here resident evil i could play in 4K on my TV, mm. or I could just jump over to play VR. Sure. I was like, this section's going to be awesome in mm-hmm. VR. I'm going to try it like that. So more things like that would be really cool. Um, I just don't know what that looks like, and hopefully we'll find out in a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did play one game that isn't out yet, um, which is coming to PSVR. Yeah. 
Star Trek Bridge Crew. Yeah. Which is kind of akin to uh, Werewolves It In, which Ubisoft also did. But they're really leaning into the whole idea of doing VR party games where it's cooperative. In this case, you play as everyone plays a different role of a crew on a Star Trek ship. Uh, they kind of made their own ship that sort of actually streamlines the controls. There is a mode where you can switch into like original original series That's cool. where they went to a really accurate recreation of the Enterprise bridge where, you know, all the buttons are like little little resin like cast in like margarita ice cube trays and like mm. nothing actually has a point to it. But like hardcore trackies have gone in and like really like figured out what everything should do, which is, I think, a really fascinating approach to game design is they said we need to make something that looks like the Enterprise, mm. but it's also got to function as a game. It's yeah. always like when you hear people being like, why don't they make a game in my town? Mm-hmm. Well, because your town's not designed like a game. Like mm-hmm. your town kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, like I love New York City, but like that's a boring video game because yeah. it's a grid. Is your commute fun? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they had to figure out a way to go like, how do we turn these buttons from this 1970s TV set where they used like plastic yeah. mold and margarita ice cube trays and like old carpets they got they're not labeled you have to like switch them on basically but the whole thing we're playing with with oculus and um and the oculus uh touch controllers, controllers yeah uh which is really funny because you can like you can like point your fingers and do yeah. like and the whole time we're all just like clap 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 point 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 and just being kind of <laughs> idiots. Is incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. there's a there's a let's play we put up on ign that's uh it's me and brian and uh casey defritas and john ryan and it's really funny it's so fun um, yeah i was the captain of the four of us and we all have different roles and if when you play this it's very different than werewolf within which you reviewed right alana yeah and um, you were were you like i really like that game but it was unfortunately like unforgivably buggy on right. launch like there was things where i actually specifically reviewed it on psvr where you would have to leave a lobby and then go back in or your mic wouldn't work like it was just a bunch Oof, of terrible problems and I, I kept being like hey ubisoft are there going to be patches? Are these going to be fixed? Because I will delay my review. And they were like, yeah, maybe. I don't know when. I was like, I just have to publish it with, I think it was like yeah. a 6.5 or something. Yeah, I was like, I have to do it. Like, I, I really like this game, but it's broken. Yeah. So this one feels a little more polished. I think what's cool about this game is instead of being like, which one of you is the werewolf? It's like, every, you, every one of you have a clearly defined role to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like, a lot of technical jargon. I was the captain and I didn't really know what I was doing, half because I didn't want to and half because it was more fun to just screw around. Um, and everybody had their own sort of roles and people just like you could physically see their characters turn around. Like John Ryan kept turning around and looking pointing at me and being like, "Hey, uh, what should we do?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't, don't know. Point at me. Don't point <laughs> shoot, at me right now. Shoot, the, yeah. shoot space with the uh, fire. I don't give a shit." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an incredible captain you are. It was great. Yeah, it was like right? but you could play incredibly serious if right. you wanted to. We just didn't. No, yeah, and that was and that was great. Then it gives you the option. Yeah, don't love that. But uh, I mean, it's one of those things. It is it is much more of a simulation than it is like a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's trying to really capture that level of like. Uh, you know, like Star Trek is is sci-fi. Star Trek is, is hard science fiction. Star Wars is goofy ass space fantasy where you fly like an X X shaped ship that shoots lasers and goes pew pew pew, and it's like very yeah. very fun and colorful and loud. Star Trek is more like all right, we need a tactical scan. Uh, we've got to we've got to uh, get closer, and we've got to re- reallocate assets. Like there's a, there's an element to this game that's like a it's like spreadsheet asset management. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Star Trek is more about um, personalities and relationships. Yeah, I would say that because it's most like of a the, social experiment. So you're, no, you're totally right. And most of the my, most of Star Trek takes place in the interior of a ship. Yeah, right. Whereas Star Wars is like, let's go to this planet and watch yeah. this frogman. So, I mean, yeah, we're, getting, we're getting in the weeds here, but like the the thing that really worries me about this is that it's it's for the possibly just the smallest like like pinhole demographic possible. Yeah. Well, do you the, think that you need to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy it? 
I think you need to be a Star Trek fan to pay 40 bucks for it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I also, think you need to have a bunch of other friends who own exactly. a PS4 and a PSVR and are willing and to yeah. pay very, for it. Like, very baseline, you're looking at having spent, what, two grand on yeah. everyone having... Like, we, we do a PlayStation show together, and... Two of us have PlayStation VRs. Yeah, in our rotating, yeah. you know, cast of chairs here, like yeah. two of us have that. That's yeah. Hard to call you. I stole chairs. one. I stole one from from work. That's fine. Yeah. At home, you can do that. I but reviewed Psychonauts and I haven't touched it since, so I should probably bring you it. Know, back. If you had made a crime on a podcast, it still counts. What if yeah. the Star Trek game also had a werewolf element to where halfway through, all of a sudden, one of you See, turned into a werewolf? Like werewolf. So you should watch Star Wars because there's a couple in the cantina <laughs> and there's a couple in Mass Kanata's pirate castle. When I reviewed Werewolves Within, I didn't mind that I was playing it with strangers that actually was really yeah. fun like yeah. I, I we ended up kind of getting to know these people that i was playing with for several hours and i assumed that star trek would function the same actually yeah you're totally right yeah yeah i think the way we played i would only want to do that with close friends like yeah. if you want to play goofy i guess you can get you can hope that you'll get together this like yeah. improv troupe yeah, online but, but. Yeah, get like one of our angry commenters who said like get get real star trek fans in there these guys are idiots and we, like, had yeah, this, we are idiots we, we had this running joke <laughs> when i was playing werewolves within for review where Almost every single time, the werewolf would be black. It would be one of the black avatars. We were like, this game is statistically racist. Wow. And every, it was like 75% of the time. Wow, that's re- that's really weird. Yeah, it was intense. We had a, I didn't mention a, that in the review. Let me push back. Why do you think that a black werewolf is a racist? No, it's like the, the <laughs> black character would end up being the werewolf. You don't have to answer whatever I just asked you. It was garbage. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway. It was a trap. Um, <laughs> In this case, uh, yeah, like I love the idea of this. I thought that was a story that would never be told on a podcast, but it did. No, it's here. This is about honesty, okay? The number one honesty podcast. It actually happened. So have you guys ever played Space Team? No. Yeah. It is a uh, it is a game you play on your phone. It's Mm -hmm. on iOS. I think it's a buck, if that. And basically it's the same kind of – same like core experience to Star Trek VR, but it costs you four bucks. Uh, Essentially everyone has like a different uh, display on their phone. And you pair locally with Wi-Fi or with Bluetooth or whatever. And one person is – you're all shouting out orders to each other like a Star Trek bridge crew. Yeah, it's like one of those like um, you need to raise the thrusters. Who has thrusters control? And you're like, I yeah. think I have thrusters control. It's all control. like it kind of in, like intentionally goofy over-the-top jargon. And I feel like Star Trek like sort of modeled itself after that but leaned into the like faithfulness to the, the source material. But it's like – Oh, maybe this is maybe this isn't going to really hit the mark. I don't I don't right. really see a, a world in which this is like a successful game. I think it's really cool. I think it's one of the most like just. I mean, I put it in the same category as one of those like six hundred dollar like eighteen inch tall hyper realistic Boba Fett figures that maybe I'll buy someday. But it's mm-hmm. like, who's this for? It's well, it's for you. What? But well, I think it's yeah. just like <laughs> this is that's not a piece of software. It's like a it's a product. In this case, a whole team developed this this piece of software and. You know, I don't know how they continue to support it. You know? I mean, I think it'll go it'll go in extreme ways, right? Like when I look at Gran Turismo, I'm kind of like, ah, it's not for me. It's boring. But then, like, I knew a guy in college that like built like a sure, sure. like a, a, a driving chair in his yeah. like tiny studio apartment, and it had like a wheel, and like his friends would come over and take turns getting in it. Like oh, Cisco. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. We work with the guy that did yeah. this, right? Like, it's to me, that's like, why would you do that? Like all he plays. Yeah. And also, there's a guy in the show who built a halfway built a mech cockpit in his living room. Yeah, yeah that's true. His name's Max <laughs> now I just have like a adult. <laughs> I just have a red car chair from like a Toyota Land Cruiser sitting by my door. Yeah. Yep dog sits in all the time the garbage is right out front yeah well (laughs) anyway uh yeah like i want i want to see cool vr stuff like this but it seems almost like it would have made more sense to just make a 
kind of generic VR space game yeah. that had Star Trek DLC. I will say that, like, I think part of our hesitance about all of this is the fact that it says Star Trek and not Star Wars. If this said Star if Wars on it, this said Star Wars, you guys would be in a different conversation. <laughs> you would be like, you'd be walking just, out of the yeah. room. We'd still be like, can we keep going? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I haven't played this game, but everything, like, Marty, um, we spoke to someone about it at uh, Ubisoft's E3 mm-hmm. event last year. Yeah. I'm sold on it. Like, I yeah. think it's a really cool social experience. I also really love Star Trek, but I feel like as what Wells Within did successfully is one of my favorite things about VR. And the biggest appeal for me there is, you know, being an Australian living in the US, this is stuff that I can play with people who yeah. live in a different continent. Yeah. And it's not like the worst thing about calling someone back home is that every conversation is like, how's work? Yep. How's the US? How's Trump? Yeah. It'd be cool yeah. if we could just like have fun like we did when yeah. I lived in Australia. So like, I love this kind of stuff because it, it bridges this gap and it doesn't make it's weird. I feel like we've yeah. talked about this, like what a good date is. And a good date isn't in an interview, a back and forth interview of like, what do you do? Where are you yeah, from? Totally. It's doing something. Yeah. It's like doing an activity and conversation bridges naturally from that. So this yeah. is like and instead of talking about Trump, you can be like our ship interior is on fire right now. <laughs> Who's that guy? Who is he? Who's that man? Who is he? Yeah, the pointing and the, the hand yeah. stuff in this game is great. I don't know how it's gonna work for move. Like yeah. for move control. You like, won't yeah. be able to. Yeah, I mean I think you'll just be able to yeah. like pinch and stuff like that. Yeah. But we were doing stuff like funny claps and yeah, we like, did a lot of funny claps. I did like what double I like air. Well, I think we're gonna get I don't the think SBR that's what that is. Those are pom poms. Those are pom poms. I cheerleaded all through college. Cheer led. Uh, yeah, JR and I both like accidentally spawned as the same Vulcan dude with mustaches. So that we, was really freaky. We, we both look like evil Star Wars guys from like the other other dimension or whatever. So and I'm so, the captain, and they're both sitting right in front of me like these sick twins, and they're yeah. just like yelling at me and pointing. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> I think honestly, if you are even like a mild Star Trek fan, you owe it to yourself to try this in some way. Yeah. Also, the interesting thing with this is if you play online and get mashed up with strangers, chances are you have something in common, and it's that you like Star Trek. Yeah, and you own PlayStation VR, so yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you're a big fan of the pointing. I guess, I yeah. guess, my concern is is just multiplayer with VR just means more people have to buy VR headsets, which mm-hmm. is a difficult thing to do. Not just because it's 400 bucks, but because you have to find one. This so. isn't PSVR exclusive, though, right? No, you guys played no, on no, Oculus. No, we played on Oculus. You played on Oculus. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. Werewolves Within. Uh, was multi-platform, so you could play on PSVR with people on Oculus or Vive. Oh, really? So that's what these multiplayer games need to do. That's is cool. It needs to be like wh- whoever opted in to buy a hat, you can all play together. Yeah. It's just and the lobbies were constantly populated. It's like if you're on Oculus and I'm on PSVR, you're going to be like, what's wrong with that dude's fingers? Yeah. Yeah, but I really think He's always got fists. <laughs> Why is he always so angry? We have to get PSVR controllers at some point. Yeah, like I really hope so. It's got to happen. Well, are you saying that the, the seven-year-old move controllers aren't good? <laughs> yeah, no, they're not great. The things oh, I use yeah. for Datura? Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get some of those at E3. Yes, sir. Uh, now it is, it is time for the show to do Rapid Fire, which is where we go to our lovely Facebook group full of wonderful people, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. Groups.com. <laughs> groups, groups.net slash cloud support dot WMV. Don't go there. Uh, don't go to that website. That's not a real one. Uh, Eric Bernstein asks, who is your favorite villain in a video game? That's a great question. I think it's Ultron Sigma. <laughs> you you haven't played that game yet. You can't uh, say it's, it. it's GLaDOS. GLaDOS. Really? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, she's up there. Um, That's a really good one. It is a really good one. Uh, I mean, like Big Boss? Yeah. You could argue Big Andrew Boss. Ryan. Andrew, Andrew Ryan. Ryan's yeah. really, yeah. Andrew Ryan's a weird thing for a speaker and a ceiling. To <laughs> Such an Andrew Ryan thing to do. Vintage Andrew Ryan. Um, I think Sean, Sean Finnegan, would you kindly not interrupt the show? Yeah, that was really good. That was yeah. from the video game. I, I get it. I really th- like. Um, I believe his name is Harmon in Killer Seven. He's like yeah. an old man in a wheelchair, and you're like, that's not threatening at all. But like, 
you are the only he's the only reason the entire game I've exists. Resident Evil 7. I know what's up. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, the, the, what's her name the the mom in Silent Hill who sacrificed her daughter and she's the whole reason Silent Hill is a bad place. Yep. Yeah, Silent, Silent Helen? Yeah, Silent Helen. Robotnik. Stop. He's, he's, puts all those animals in that garbage can yeah. every day. <laughs> Jared Petty. Right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, oh, um obviously Ganondorf, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ganon's really cool. Was they found out his last name that is It's Dolph. Yeah. No, no, no. It's Ganon, Ganon. Ganondorf. I think it's Draglin. Oh, yeah. That was from uh, like 20 years ago or over 20 years ago. They, like, that was in something. And they're like, that's yeah, canonical. And everyone forgot about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just Ganon. Weird enough. Uh, David Fuller asks, what are your thoughts on Night Trap, the infamously goofy, bad FMV game, getting a 25th, 25th anniversary? 25th. <laughs> Today's my 111th birthday. <laughs> 25th anniversary edition, while many good games have not been remade. I've never played this game. Uh, and I probably should do that. Right? I, like, so... Yeah, okay. It's it's a bad game and it shouldn't it should never come back. But here it is. Um but it this game did not come back so that others could perish. Like it's yeah. it's like one of those things where someone's like you're like, "Oh, they should put like there should be more strong female characters in games." And they're like, "Well, there should be more strong female characters everywhere." What about And you're like, "Well, how about just we solve one problem?" Yeah. That doesn't mean that we're ignoring well, yeah. all the other Getting ones. Getting Night Trap 25th anniversary doesn't mean we don't get Mother 3. Those yeah, are, those yeah, are exactly. completely yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's a baffling decision. Decide just one remake this yeah, year, folks. Yeah. It's yeah. Night Trap. It's also, this <laughs> the is the kind of game I, that probably three people ported yeah. over in in a couple of weeks. You yeah. know. Also, like, I mean, I've I've owned Tango and Cash and like on three different kinds of DVD slash Blu-ray. Yeah. That doesn't Why? mean the Criterion Collection doesn't exist anymore. You know, yeah, there's always going to be some idiot like me who buys dumb, campy, ironic stuff. I also think there's like something good about playing bad games. Sometimes, absolutely, yeah, thing, cool with it. It's the reason nowadays. Like, it's the reason there's so many versions of like Plan Nine from Outer Space. They're like you're one of the worst movies ever created, yeah. but like you're important. Yeah, you're I important. Think, yeah, I think you yeah. Can learn just as much about how things are made from a bad execution as you can from a good execution. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love I love the work of John Carpenter. He's a conceptually fascinating filmmaker. He makes a lot of kind of bad movies. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, the cool thing about this is that like, I feel like people are going to buy this. First of all, it's getting a physical release, which is insane. Um, but people are going to buy this and they're going to play it for the first time and they're going to Twitch stream it and people are going to watch it. Like, what the hell is that? Are any of those yeah. women still alive? No. no. They all died in the night trap. Oh, is that? 25 years ago. This, this, is a, this is like. Wait, one of them was a famous actor, actress, no. right? It was like Dana Plato or something. I believe Danny I could totally be getting this wrong, but one of uh, I believe one of the characters in this game is from the hit TV show Different Strokes. Are you really? No, yeah, and there's 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 like there's rape in this game. Like this is not is there? It's a very violent, like mature game. It to- told through like crappy old FMVs from right. thirty years ago. All right. So. Yeah, it's well, it's got a weird place in history. I thought it would stay there, but let's hope we, uh, let's hope we, we are. 4K Sewer Shark. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Cox asked, would you play a Simpsons RPG in the same vein as South Park's yeah, Stick of Truth? Absolutely. Yeah, dog. No. Yeah. Oh, no? no? I wouldn't. Why? Yeah. I would play almost any 10-hour RPG. Why would you not? Those. Do you not like The Simpsons? I mean, I don't think that that would translate to as interesting a video game in that same format hit and run what hit and run such I'd, a good game i love like a simpsons like open world rpg where you're just playing as like one character running around like kind of give me like give me like uh secret of mana but with like bart simpson you know did you play uh hit well, i feel run? like if, if you take the simpsons arcade game and you added sort of more action rpg turn-based stuff to the fights like i'm into that yeah. Like, am I the only one who's talking about Hit and Run? Yeah, Hit and Run was real good. It was Grand Theft Auto, but with cartoon books. I also like the EA like 3D platformer Simpsons game. Like it wasn't 
tremendous or anything like that, but it was cool. Was it the movie one or yeah, it was, okay. it was, it was, it was came out around the movie. It didn't have much to do with the movie. Yeah. It just kind of gave them excuse to, yeah. to make a cell shaded open world Simpsons game. I gotta really say open world, like but, yeah. my relationship with the Simpsons, like seasons, what, like three through nine are basically perfect. perfect mm-hmm. And it, really kind of sucks that it's still on and you get people are like no it's just uh it's it's still it's good again i'm like it's on life support man it's been dead for a while to me but like i'd still love to see like video games and stuff based on it i, think I mean i'll be stuff. completely honest i didn't like the last probably season and a half of south park and that's somebody who's watched the show his entire life and every episode love the movies and stuff like that um and i love the last game and i can't wait for the new one like it, it bones me out when it gets delayed so yeah, I think I, that like one you can have one without the other. Yeah, right? I think also like a, a show that's been on for that long. It's like as a show, it maybe is kind of. I mean, Simpsons did it. It's kind of you know played out, but like Simpsons you can you it. can do so much weird stuff and like give me like Bart versus the Space Mutants, modern. You know, what about that American Dad RPG? Yeah, you guys yeah. still here? Yeah, is that a thing? No, Family Guy one as well. No, I don't want right. that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Emma Vakarian Browning says, as a cosplayer, I want to know if you could cosplay any video game characters, who would you choose? I've answered really this, like this many one. times. Teriel from Diablo. Really? Yeah, 100%. How, is that like the, a lot of prosthetic spikes? It's cool armor, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's cool armor, but he also has, like, you can't see his face, and he's got these sweet, like, wings. blue wings. Um, and I've seen people do it really well. Like, I just, I love that character design so much. Like, I love his sword. Um, I just think he looks awesome. But I don't have the time or skill to make that, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I spent hundreds of dollars on a uh, military surplus stuff to dress up like Punish Snake last year, and that was awesome. Got my dog a tactical vest. I'd love to do Aloy. That'd be really uh, cool. So who would you do that you haven't done? Uh, probably like, probably just Solid Snake, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like maybe just another more Metal Gear stuff. Yeah. Um, then again, also, it's like you kind of want to just pick something that's like real comfortable. I've seen people do really cool stuff with uh, Solid Snake with the makeup because they try to make it look like old shading. Yeah. Like, it's, oh. it, it looks wow, really that's cool. that's awesome. You did it on Halloween with the, like, sort of the Borderlands thing? Yeah. That's cool. Basically, like, like people... polygons? Pretty much. Wow, that's People try awesome. and make themselves look old. You can do, like, the Pepakura, like, big head mode, like, in Konami Crazy Kart Racers or whatever. I don't yeah. like that. That's a little yeah. spooky. You can't do that with makeup. You can't make your head bigger with makeup. No, you do. Yeah. It's well, Pepakura. No, stop saying Pepakura. Pepakura. Why is he doing that? Uh, what about you, Marty? Who would you play? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Persona 5, so I'd oh. like to do Morgana, who's a very nice a cat. I don't even Possibly a boy know. or a girl. I, a I think it's a girl because her name's Morgana and voiced by a girl, but uh, everyone says that she's a boy, and so... I have a photo I? on my fridge from my Halloween party of you dressed as your like dollar store banjo. Oh, sexy banjo. Yeah, it was sexy, sexy banjo, banjo, actually. We just had a, you had like a, a bear spirit hood and a backpack. Yeah. Uh, and then you're you're the top notch Willy Wonka, so it's like some yeah. real just yeah. real awful. Wait, if we're if we are, if we're ranking the the best four costumes of that Halloween for the four of us, I feel like I was in the running. You were one of the four. Okay. <laughs> the people in the yeah. four people in this room who were at that Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. you're anyway, definitely one of definitely the four. The four. Uh, James Keegan asks, "Where is the Last of Us and Bloodborne action figures?" This is a great question. Seriously. Uh, we get tons of like high end statues and stuff for certain collectibles. There's been a handful of like Bloodborne uh, statues. We were talking about one on Up and Doing this week that's like six hundred bucks. Yep. It's a Last uh, of Us statue as well, which is really nice. Yeah, is it really? I don't think I've seen that one. It's gorgeous. Yeah, what's, it? what's, what's going on on that? Uh, it's just got Joel and Ellie kind of. It's got a huge base, and then just the collector's edition one. Or is it like okay, yeah, that's, uh, is he trying to swim with a cool palette as well? Okay. But a fun fact about that one: um, apparently, he originally had a watch on and. They had to remove it from every single one of them because it was like there was a change in design when they were making that collector's edition. Oh, so wow. they had to like literally sit there and cut the watches off of every single one of these. Wow. It was, was either that, that or the opposite. They had to put them on. But it was like something about that's that really they weird. had to like change. Well, the that's watch. the secret end of the game is that there's no watches. 
That's true. The, all, the cordyce, all the watches turn into cordyceps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, that's to touch back on this. Like Naughty Dog's gotten, or Sony, I think, has had like a handful of like decent action figures. Like NECA has that player select line. Yeah, they you know, do. Nathan, with, Drake. Uh, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Drake. We got a lot of good um, Sackboy ones. Yeah. yeah they did, like again, though, it's like 2017. Like, what are we doing with Sackboy? Give us I a. I haven't even a seen nice, a Crash Bandicoot. A nice knack. Mm-hmm. I would buy like a, a decent, stupid-looking Crash Bandicoot figure. Yeah. Um, the whole thing though is that people there are a lot of people who I think see like figures and statues and figurines and action figures as all sort of the same thing I like stuff you can pose I like stuff you Me can too. play with and put in weird positions and yeah, like, I like statues and figures um, I don't like posable stuff I, yeah. what I don't like is that everything just naturally becomes a Funko Pop and that's fine if you collect those but people are just like oh you want uh, like tangible toy shaped merchandise here's your Funko Pop end of story so I think kind of like we'll make those and then also make well no the way that that's happening though is that Funko is reaching out to get the license and yeah. then taking it and making things so there, the actual actual answer to this question my guess is that nobody has pitched it successfully right so someone like nika basically has to go to sony and be like we want to make these here's our plans this is what we're going to make and then they make them like it's it's that no one's tried to yeah i mean i would love that i would love an alloy like Mm -hmm. that would be so cool yeah i feel like we we might get one eventually i just i want somebody to just just go do go make that stuff like team up on that they could do some Um, pretty cool stuff yeah mcfarlane's doing destiny 2 stuff mass effect titanfall they're doing mass effect yeah they still do that weird like color tops thing though which is like seven inch figures which aren't again aren't posable and it's going back to the mcfarlane toys of like the early 2000s the thing is they usually do both though like we could talk about toys there's also that reaction (laughs) there's that reaction line like i mean if i feel like if funko is reaching out already they can they can make action figure shaped things that don't have to be those bobble-headed dead-eyed baby things that they make they do have a few different kinds of things that they make but but I think that they are all very ugly. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can get them into Walgreens, and I think that's where people collect. Yeah. Yeah. You can always just uh, get yourself a Nathan Drake figure, just draw a big beard on him and give him a flannel shirt, and then get yourself a nice Joel. Yeah, actually, if you're going to, you should make, if you can make custom Bloodborne figures, I'd be, uh, just show us those. I will put those on up at noon in a heartbeat. Just uh, go get yourself a nice mop, and then uh, get one of those, like, plastic horse figurines, and put the mop on it, and leave it in your yard for an entire winter, and it'll look like a proper Bloodborne boss in no time. There we go. No, seriously, like, if you, if you want to kit bash some, some custom PlayStation action figures, Figures, we will absolutely show those off on IGN yeah. if you're listening. Uh, on that note, uh, let's bring things to a close. As always, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville, Alana's Charlanazard, Brian is Agent Bizzle, and Marty is McBiggity's yes, with sir. two G's, McBiggity T, <clears throat> singular. Whoa. Not two, not two. Yeah, there's only one McBiggity, and it's you. Oh, thanks, man. That's really sweet of you. Except there's someone who's just McBiggity. Yeah, with there one is another who McBiggity. He oftentimes that. gets looped into threads, and is like, I'm but very confused. Please stop. You, really? He's like, he has a bugger as a yeah, profile yeah. picture or something. He's yeah, a nice guy. Weird. Yeah. Also, fair, yeah. a house, a house cleaning. Uh, we are going to be moving the day that Beyond uh, goes up, so it's going oh. to start going up on Tuesdays. All right. Relatively soon. You get even earlier. You get even earlier. Yeah. yeah. So we'll spoil all the things. Like what happens Tuesday night? Yeah. What happened? We realized that like all of our IGN podcasts publish on the same. A bunch day. of shows go up on Wednesdays, and we're like, that's kind of silly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we're doing it's that. It's like you just have the worst Thursday that you, that's what you need. Yeah. And if you uh, if you like to follow what we do, uh, head over to youtube.com slash IGN Beyond and subscribe over there because we put up videos and stuff there. Uh, be sure to check out our, uh, our Star Trek Bridge Crew Let's Play because it's very, mm-hmm. very stupid. Uh, and on that note... Beyond. 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 Yeah. The end. Oh, it's over. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, the podcast that explores the world through a personal, intersectional feminist perspective. I bring you two episodes a week. Every Monday, I cover something from a wide variety of topics, covering everything from feminist faves throughout history, like Audre Lorde, listener coming out stories, 
and other hot button topics like toxic masculinity and the Me Too movement, as well as plenty feminist history, the good and the controversial. And then every Friday, I bring you a mini What's in the News episode to keep you up to date with everything that's going on today in the world. And with over 580 episodes available to you right now, there's plenty of good stuff to listen to. You can listen to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rage on. Bye.